Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello world, good afternoon, good evening, hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way, and that's just what we do. Located in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, uh, 1533 North Norfolk here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, you can come by if you got ideas or creativity. You know, we're not formal here. We just take off our shoes and we do it our way. You know, shirts off, jackets off, any kind of way. Just come on through. This is a community radio station set up for you, the community, to have a voice. You know, you know, people always ask me, they, they say, well, Bobby, we appreciate what you're doing. And I say, well, I give a voice to the voiceless. You know, people who, I don't care what you are. You can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a city official, or you can be a homeless person on the street or a single parent mom. We're all e- equal in today's society. So I want you to call. Call on in. Uh, you can dial a number 646 646- Seven one six five five two five, and don't forget to press that one button. Well, let me see what's going. On. It's cold in Tulsa. Tulsa is kind of cold. It's about thirty something degrees out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, normally, uh, my co-host Sansa would be here. She's been out of sick and in and out and all of that kind of stuff. But hey, it is what it is. Yours truly is here, sitting in the seat. We got a great show going on today. Robert Mitchell and Bruce Nemi uh, is in the house. So we're going to be talking about cannabis with hemp, you know, so we're going to be hemp, 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 H-E-M-P. So those of you who don't know, pick up, take your pencil and your pen and uh, get ready to write down and take some notes. And uh, we're going to be doing some good stuff talking about it and what's the use of hemp, you know, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, Let's see. We are taking donations here at Eaton Media Services. You know, we're raising money for the Juice Radio Show. And if you want to donate, you can, uh, let's see, there are several ways to do it. We have a GoFundMe page, GoFundMe Juice Radio Show, uh, Cash App, Eaton Media Services, and also, uh, what's the other one? We got another one. I can't even think of it right now. But anyway, just Google the Bobby Eaton Show. You can get all this stuff. Just Google it. It's all right there. Trying to get a van. We're trying to raise money to take these young people like we did when we took them to Atlanta. Now, a lot of you guys didn't know what happened on the Atlanta trip. So I'm going to tell you about the Atlanta trip. We left Tulsa on a Wednesday afternoon, about two o'clock in the afternoon. So I took about 12 young people in a 15-passenger van to Atlanta. So what we did, we left here and we went to Memphis, got in Memphis. So we went to the King Center. No, we're not King Center. I'm sorry. Take that back to the Lorraine Hotel where King was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated and took them on a tour of that. And then we left 
Memphis. We spent the night over there one night. We left Memphis and we went to Atlanta. Once we arrived in Atlanta, we we stayed in a beautiful Airbnb. It was nice. Big big old house, plushed all out, laid out so so all the youth were comfortable ripping and running up in there. So that was a good thing right there. And the reason we got the house is because we can cook our own food and save money on just doing that and accommodations and things like that. So we were there. Uh, we got there on a Thursday, and so that Friday morning, I had I had already set uh, CNN news up, you know. So I had already set that up a while back. I got a friend who who uh, works for CNN, and she had set it up for me. So we set CNN tour up. So we went to CNN that morning, and boy, we took the standard tour of CNN with 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 the public, and then right after that was over with, they took us on a separate tour, just us, Juice Radio Show, Bobby Eaton, and we got into the guts of CNN, and we got to see a lot of the technology and a lot of the the way things go over there and the way it was that, and that was just so great, and uh, those young people were intrigued with all that technology, so we left there, and we went to Radio 1, Radio 1, uh, Ricky Smiley Show, Steve Harvey, and all that kind of stuff up in there, so we went up in there, and they just really gave us uh, uh, some education about radio, and that was a good thing. And we left there. When we left there, we went to Tyler Perry's studios. We left Tyler Perry's studios. We were all over there, and that was just great and fantastic. And, you know, he's got all of this big property and all this stuff going on over there. So we uh, we enjoyed ourselves by going over to Tyler Perry's studio. Then we went to uh, the King Center. We went to the King Center where... Uh, Martin Luther King Center down in Atlanta, and we went to his home where he was born and raised and things like that. We went to T.I.'s Trap Museum, and we went to, uh, where else we go? Just Jay Morrison's uh, Legacy Center. I mean, we just, we our feet were killing us, you know, doing all that traveling and stuff like that. So it's a blessing for me to be able to help these youth and these kids experience something that they've never seen before. You know, so when I uh, did that, I said, yeah, mission accomplished, you know, and we came on back home. So they can take that with them for years to come. You know, they can say they visited these places and it was all, all good. What they say? Good in the neighborhood. (laughs) That's what they say. So that's what it was all about. But anyway, we got the hemp evangelist, Robert Mitchell and Bruce Neme here in the house. And uh, we're going to take a little break like we normally do. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell everybody, you know, to tune in to the Bobby Eaton Show, 646-716-5525. And don't forget to pray.
That's right. Don't stop on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Dial number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press that one button. Hey, did I hear some beeping? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's go forward. And in the studio. Man, I got some technique. You heard that technique. That stuff going on right there, huh? Okay, let me see here what I got. Make sure everything's going all right. Hey, Robert. What's going on, Bobby? How you doing, man? I'm good. You good? Okay, great. I'm trying to get all set up over here. I'm making squeaky sounds and stuff like that going on. Let me make sure I got my headphones on right. That's what's probably squeaking. Let me see. That's what it is. It's me. I don't know why it's squeaking like that, but uh, anyway, you listeners out there who are listening, uh, Bruce. Yes, sir. How you doing? I think I got you going on. Okay. Let My me, bike, the one that's squeaking. Your bike is kind of squeaking a little bit. and Maybe if I move it over here. A little let bit. me see right here. All right. I think we're okay. Yeah. Hey, guys, welcome to the... Oh, I know what it was now. I didn't turn that little knob in the back back there. All right, guys, welcome to the show. And uh, we're going to be talking about hemp, right? Hemp, hemp, hooray. Hemp, hemp, hooray. And meanwhile, first of all, Robert, Bobby, Mitchell. You know, my friend, my friends and family call me Bobby. Bobby they call so you Bobby, you call just me like Bobby. me. I'm going to call you Bobby <laughs> then. You know, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a good name. So, Tell us, man, a little bit, my audience and people who are listening right now. Where are you from? Well, I'm from here in Tulsa. I live downtown, uh, 7th and Denver, and uh, I've been, uh, that's my headquarters for the Hemp Consortium, and uh, I got into hemp, uh, well, it's been a passion for my whole life, but uh, the Hemp Consortium was, was started in 2016 after Obama. Mm-hmm. So, from, so you're born and raised here, right? Well, I'm from Independence, Kansas. Independence, just, Kansas. Just right up the road. But yeah. I've been here in Tulsa about 20 years. So about I'm, 20 I'm, years. What school you go to, man? Come on, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I actually, uh, when I came back to Tulsa, when I moved to Tulsa, uh, I, I started uh, my degree again and uh, picked up, uh, went to TCC, got, okay. my, got my degree there, and then went on to Tulsa OSU downtown. So downtown? I'm a downtown boy. I like to keep it inside the idea. Right. Wife, family? No, I'm a single man. Single man? Single okay. Man, no children. Uh, okay. That's just never, ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm gonna be turning fifty here before too long. And, okay, uh, you know I think when you when you don't have kids, you just don't age the same as them other people. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what has been said, you know. But hey, man, glad you welcome you to the show and everything and all that good stuff. Um, we got Bruce in the house. You know, I met Bruce and how you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Bruce Nemi. So Bruce, you you native Tolson as well? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. What school did you go to back in the that's many well, like yeah, you like me you like me, it's been a while, you yeah. know. So Well, I uh spent most of my high school at Bishop Kelly, but okay. then my last year I transferred to Edison High School to graduate. Edison to, Eagles, huh? Yeah. And that way I was able to take off at noon and go downtown and work at the Tulsa World and okay. Matt room down there. All right, all right, yeah. right. Get involved. You know, I know your brother pretty good That's too. He's, right. a, he's a musician and stuff like that. So we met on the music circuit yeah. back in the day. But anyway, we're gonna talk about this hemp. Now, explain to my audience what is hemp? Well, uh, Bobby, hemp is it's cannabis. It's uh, 
it's the same. It, it, it's cannabis. It just contains less than 3% THC. So anything over that, you're going to call that marijuana. Uh, I don't really like that word. It's cannabis. Yeah, no, man. you don't it, like that word marijuana. Uh, I, I, I would rather start a petition to get rid of that word. Yeah, and tell us why. Well, you know, that was the word that uh, they used back in the 30s to demonize. Uh, hemp uh, because uh, nobody knew you know cannabis was something that's been uh, grown for 10,000 years you know I mean when the Grecian temples were new to mankind hemp was already old in the service of mankind so it's been around forever and uh, you know synthetic fibers came about and uh, that was uh, that was the main competition you know uh, when DuPont come out with the uh, nylon stockings for them girls Mm-hmm. They, they knew, uh, you know, cellulose uh, or cellophane, that's that's a plastic that we all know about. And, um, you know, the original plastic cellophane was made from cellulose. Mm-hmm. And uh, hemp is uh, 70% cellulose, where trees are 30% cellulose. So it's a superior, superior product. Mm-hmm. So it actually comes from cannabis. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, cannabis, which is... Like you say that word marijuana, which you don't like, but it's it's the cannabis, and it's used for several different things, right? Oh my gosh, I tell you, you know, Bobby, when I was growing up, when I was in my early twenties, I read the book The Emperor Wears No Clothes. That book changed my life. It's by Jack Hare, and that book was uh, basically talks about the prohibition of hemp, and I learned from that book that hemp can make over thirty thousand products. You know, before I read that book. It was kind of like uh, mythology. I've heard I heard that maybe there was some uh, paper made from hemp, and Ben Franklin, the first paper mill, mm-hmm. was made from hemp. And you know, even the Constitution, the first thirteen constitutional documents were, or you know, they were made from hemp. Uh, but that was kind of like Greek mythology to me, man. All, everything I ever heard about marijuana was bad, you know. It was reefer uh, mad. Reefer mad. I already know. I'm a child of the 60s. They'll lock you up for it. But man, it was an eye opening experience, Bobby, when I realized all these things were made from hemp. And I mean, one acre of hemp is superior to four acres of trees, man. I mean, come on. It's been, I'm just excited that uh, after 80 years of this prohibition that this plant's been given back to us. And man, I'm even going to give a shout out to Obama because if it was, you know, he done a lot of great things as, as our president, but mm-hmm. the 2014 farm bill, when he, when he made the, the pilot program and opened up hemp to, hemp to farmers again, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Bobby, I get the spirit of cannabis coming all over me right now. That's why they call me the hemp evangelist. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, they're going to, they're going to write stories 50 years from now about what we did during this time to grow hemp again. And I'm telling you, we can make plastics from it. We can make biofuels from it. We can, gosh, we can make clothing from it. We can make building products from it. It's a trillion dollars. So what's the process? I mean, you know, is it just extracted from the cannabis itself? Well, that's in liquid form. Uh, You know, explain that part. That's CBD. And that's the hot, you know, that's the hot thing that you hear about hemp right now. CBD is expected to grow to a $24 billion industry in 2022. So it's hot, man. I mean, it's like the 1920 oil booms. But uh, when it comes to fiber, that's the trillion dollar industry, man. That's the money game right mm-hmm. there. So hemp uh, can, you know, uh, basically you you take uh, and decorticate it. So I've uh, I've cultivated uh, great relationships with the top machinery providers out of Europe, mm-hmm. and they make this decortication type equipment. And what it does is it take bales of hemp from the field. Once the farmer's grown it, baled it, they'll bring it into the processing plant. We'll take and put it on conveyors and it'll go through a, a process of opening and cleaning and separating that fiber. 
basically you got herd fiber and bast fiber. So the inner core of that stock is, is, is three quarters of that plant is going to be made of herd. It's kind of that corky um, mulched type material. And then the outer core or the fiber is called bast fiber. And that's what they, the long strands of fiber that they want to use for clothing and even in plastic production, you know, and, and things like uh, building materials. So, the hemp and the herd is separated by the decortication equipment. And then, uh, you know, you can go on to make anything from uh, horse bedding. That's the number one seller in Europe right now, believe it or not, Bobby. Horse bedding? Horse bedding, yeah. Really? Well, you know, horses, um, they're really particular animals. And uh, they have respiratory issues. So you can't have anything that's going to be dusty in there. And they, they want that. The hemp is uh, it's, it's superior in its absorption rate when it com- compares to, like, cork or wood wood chips or hay. I heard it's the strongest fiber in the world. It definitely is, man. I mean, do you know that Henry Ford, when he collaborated with uh, that great scientist, George Washington Carver, they made a, a, a car from hemp, and, and the body was made from composite hemp fibers, and it was 10 times stronger than steel. Hmm. 10 times stronger than steel, man. Wow. And then George Washington Carver showed him how to make biodiesel fuel. So... Henry Ford, man, he one of my favorite quotes, Henry Ford said, why would we cut down the trees that take centuries to grow or the mines that take eons to lay down when we can get the superior and the same uh, product from, the, from, from forestry and mineral products in the annual growth of the hemp plant? I kind of stumbled on that a little bit, Bobby. Mm. I used to do better than that. The hemp plant, huh? Hemp plant, yes, sir. I mean, all the trees in the world that's been cut down due to, for, for paper – we could have been making paper. We could have been making paper from hemp all along. A superior paper at that. I mean, it's so. How, I mean, how long has it been? Are we making paper from hemp? Well, you know, there's a lot of states right now that are starting. You know, they don't want plastic straws anymore and things like that. So pa- paper can be made from hemp, Bobby. But we've got to uh, we've got to get it grown in the uh, the. Then you need that mass numbers or uh, you know pounds and, and tonnages of this to be grown for these paper mills to buy it. You know, they're not. They're not just going to make a few few rolls of paper. They want to make paper, you know, full time. So we've got mm-hmm. to get the, we got to get these farmers growing. Then we got to get these decortication plants built and get it out there so that this product can be used like that. Wow, wow. So people don't know this. <laughs> no, they don't. Buy. You know, I get so aggravated just about every day. Somebody says, "Man, can you smoke that stuff?" You know, and it just drives me nuts. You know, it's uh, there's people don't even know. Like I said, cannabis is cannabis. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just grown in different ways and, and to achieve different purposes. Whether that's CBD from the female plant, or you know, paper from the male and female plant. Mm-hmm. Bruce, how you feel about this hemp? Oh, hey, I think it's it's the way of the future. Uh, it, it has a lot of different uses, like every, everything from horse bedding to uh, Henry Ford's hemp mobile. And uh, I think it's just a matter of getting the word out, educating the public about it, and also liberalizing some of the laws uh, on the federal level and on the state level in order to uh, get this out there. Mm. That's interesting, man. Very interesting. I mean, you talk about the Green Revolution or the Green New Deal or whatever. This is it. This is it, huh? Yeah. So you think by... Or a few more years, everybody's going to start getting on to it, or it, are they on to it now, or what? Well, we're working on projects now, um, so yeah, it's it's on now. Twenty twenty is is going to be a banner year, and it's only going to grow from there. It's going to grow. 
just like a weed. What's, <laughs> what what did you say was the number one thing that hemp is being used for? In Europe right now, they're, they're producing the horses? horse bedding. Yeah. Why horse bedding? Well, like I, and that's what I'm trying to understand. I mean, it's superior in, the, in its absorption rate. Um, I mean, when the product that's used now, they, when they call it muck in the stalls, I mean, you you go from three days and mucking us all every three days to using hemp. You're doing it every eight to 12 days. Uh, it's just superior uh, in its absorption rate. And it doesn't have any of the, the, the dusty particles, it, you know, as far as the respiratory issues that, that horses have. It just, yeah, like you said earlier. So, but, but we're behind is what you're saying. Well, we're catching up. I mean, you know, I tell you what, we, we uh, the hemp consortium is uh, we've got a strategic partnership with uh, a group out of Canada and Mr. Ziner, he, 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 a couple years ago, he was before the, the, uh, the Congress, the, the, the Canadian Congress. And he told the Canadian Congress, he said, you know, the uh, 2018 farm bill was, has been signed and the Americans are coming. So mm-hmm, uh, the whole mm-hmm. world, the whole world's waiting mm-hmm. to see what, what, what we're getting ready to do. Right. Well, we got to wait and see what they're getting ready to do. Huh? <laughs> so are there are there plants or, that are planted around the U.S. that that are designed to just produce hemp well, and, no. hemp, and hemp only? No, no, I, and that's what the hemp consortium set up to do is to build these processing plants. Mm-hmm. That's why I have strategic relationships with uh, groups out of of uh, Europe that build this this type of equipment. And so we're we're set up to build these processing facilities and then market and sell the products that come out of it. Right, right, right. I got you. I got you. They're coming out of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bruce, how you feel? Uh, do you think here in Tulsa we are, we'll ever get a processing plant? <laughs> well, you know, we, we talked last week with uh, a fellow from the Chamber of Commerce, the mm-hmm. uh, vice president of aerospace and manufacturing, and uh, they show, they're showing some interest uh a fellow that is kind of uh, uh, Mr. Hemp in the state legislature uh, from Mulgee uh, wants one of these plants in, in his district, you know, and we're working with him to uh, put language in uh, a shell bill that uh, he's introducing in this next session that will uh, uh, be able to uh, set the pace for this. Right now, all we have is this industrial hemp pilot program that was passed uh, uh, three years ago. And this will be in in addition to that and make sure that Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's Department of Agriculture will be able to uh, be in line with the federal uh, farm bill and and, uh, the USDA's regulations. Gotcha. Sounds interesting right there. Mm -hmm. Now around here in Tulsa, since they, uh, Passed the bill for dispensaries. We got a lot of dispensaries popping up. Do you think these people are educated about hemp? I, I don't think so. I mean, the knowledge it, of what they actually really have, you know, the cannabis. You don't think so? Well, it, here, here's the deal. About a year ago, this uh, legislator that we were talking with uh, w- brought this up. And, uh, you know, nobody was paying any attention to it. And by the end of the legislative session, which is in late spring, uh, the lieutenant governor and the Department of Commerce and others were coming up to him wanting to know where to go uh, from here. I I think this has incredible economic development uh, opportunities uh, for not only a place like Tulsa, but also rural Oklahoma. 
you know, mm-hmm. rural Oklahoma really is hurting right now. Yeah, it is. It, it is. No kind of development taking place. Right. No. And, and and the same with uh, all over the country. Uh, I saw a piece in the a Wall Street Journal the other day that talked about um, about rural America, and they were calling it the new inner city. So uh, just like the inner city uh, here in North Tulsa and others, you know, there's just a lack of opportunity for people, and, and the, the best thing to do is to ticket out of there. A state like Kansas, its biggest export are uh, people that graduate from school in Kansas mm-hmm. and, you know, take off for the big city. Mm-hmm. Big city. Wow. So it's a lot of information that's needed to be spread about this. That's why we're here on the platform right now, to spread this information about hemp. Right, and you're giving us a great opportunity yeah, to and, spread the word. Well, thank you, and you know that's because um, uh, what they say: our people will perish for the lack of knowledge. Right? That's right. You know, you got to get that knowledge and that information out there. You know, I, mean, I didn't know a whole lot about hemp because nobody never really talked about it a lot. You know what I mean? I'd heard people mention it from time to time, but when you guys came, you kind of brought some awareness to me, and I started saying, "Hmm, I didn't know all these products was made from it." Yeah, I mean, all we you know, ever hear about is, 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 getting, is getting high. Getting high. Yeah. That's what it was. When they said, when I used to hear somebody say, yeah, man, a hemp, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hemp, you know, yeah. going to get some hemp, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, uh, what is it, you know? Well, here, here's something interesting, Bobby. Uh, you know, people don't realize this, but they, they talk about the greatest generation, you know, in World War II. And they talk about them boots on the ground that we sent over there in World War II that, you know, they really – Changed, you know, saved the world from tyranny, and and people don't realize that um, before the war started, the Japanese they followed in some in Napoleon's effort of the wars of 1812, and they cut off our hemp supply. So what they did, the first thing they did was they invaded Philippines. People don't why they invade Philippines? They cut off our hemp supply, and hemp was very important in war, from from shoestrings all the way down to to parachute ropes mm-hmm. and everything in between. So what we did is we started this campaign called Hemp for Victory. Mm-hmm. People don't know anything about hemp. I mean, these farmers don't even know about hemp for victory. Some of the old farmers do. They talk about their grandpas growing it. But what happened was, the uh, government, yeah, they they employed six state or they mm-hmm. got six states. And uh, they encouraged farmers to grow hemp. Mm-hmm. And, and, and during 1942-1943, we built over 42 processing plants in six states in 18 months. And in 1943, we were growing 300,000 acres of hemp just for the war effort. For our, for, list, war. for our listeners, hemp, <laughs> cannabis, you know, wheat, they say weed, weed and yeah. they say marijuana, too. Yeah. They say marijuana. Well, That's the word do. you don't really well, like. As long as we, had, as know, long as we let people educate know. Educate and letting them know exactly what it is. It's marijuana, if you look weed. Up, if you look up marijuana, Bobby, that is, that's Spanish tobacco. They plucked that word. They threw it in there. Where did it come from? The Spanish tobacco is the root word for marijuana. It's not even cannabis. They fooled. Can you imagine when all them farmers woke up that next day after they voted in Congress to make the marijuana tax stamp and make it illegal? Even some of these farmers probably said, yeah, get rid of that demon weed, mm-hmm. that demon weed marijuana. And then all of a sudden they realized the next year they can't even grow this stuff because it was cannabis. They fooled everybody. Mm, it's tobacco. The cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fooled everybody. So, so marijuana is... Not even a, a legal, I mean, not even a name 
for cannabis. Yeah, I like to call it the M word. I just want to get M word because everybody, you man, come on, I have to face the facts. Everybody say marijuana. Yeah. You know, now they got some different kind of names for it. Oh yeah. Oh, young, huh? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, these, wow. yeah, these young people, these young people got names. They call it tree. Oh yeah. They call it all kinds of little names for the but cannabis it's now. Just cannabis. It's just cannabis. That's all huh? it is. Now, is it a certain grade of cannabis that you need to grow to make this product, these products? You know, do you intertwine uh, the cannabis, you know, uh, take a little bit of this cannabis and that cannabis and breed them together to make a certain you know, I mean, you know, you can do that. I guess when you when it comes to CBD or CBD. When, or, or even growing marijuana, you know, for the marijuana, you gotta say it. You gotta so people know what you're talking about. Or MMJ, I like to say MMJ too. That, you mm-hmm. know, but what now? You know, them guys out in Oregon, you know, for for years growing that illegal weed, marijuana. They they were they were taking indicas and mixing them with sativa, so that plant would grow fatter and bigger. Yeah, that's indicas, what I'm talking yeah. about. Interbreeding. So of- yeah, they was looking for certain vigors, and they 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 still do that in the CBD industry. But as far as uh, you know, hemp is a die it's a dioecious plant. Mm-hmm. So that means there's a male and a female, and it takes that male to 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 promote you know to to flower and and uh, pollinate that that female plant. And what's neat is not only is it a dioecious plant, but um, there's even races of its, you know, to it. So it, it's a, it's a really complicated plant, but it's simple in, in its nature. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, because I've seen back in the day. Okay. I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go back to when we used to all smoke the marijuana oh, back yeah. in the day. Call it marijuana, and it was homegrown. Oh yeah, you know, and all these different types, and you get this. Now it seems like today there's an abundance of different types of of hemp and cannabis. Oh yeah, I mean you got so much to choose from, different types, and I'm like, where did it all come from? You know, well, really started out in China, and uh, now it grows on every plant on every continent on this planet. It grows. How does it get here to Tulsa? Well, it used to come in, in yeah. trunks of cars. Trunks of cars <laughs> and, you know, trains and planes yeah. huh? you and know, stuff I, like that. Huh? I'm working on brokering uh, about – I've got a contract with a group out of Kentucky or Tennessee called Blue and Botanicals. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to uh, broker well over a million pounds of biomass. And I'll show you some pictures here in a little bit of what 500,000 pounds of this stuff looks like. 500 and, pounds? And it's all bud. It's all bud just like uh, marijuana would be, but it contains a CBD instead of THC. Mm-hmm. But I, I can remember back in the days, you'd drop a buddy off out and he'd put some camouflage on and drop him off out in the country so he could go tend his plants. You know? uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and now, now you can grow hundreds of thousands and millions of pounds of this stuff. It just doesn't have THC, but it, right. looks, it looks the same. It smells the same. It's kind of fun to be around, man. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've never seen it. Oh. I'll show you some pictures. Yeah. I need to see some pictures. I like to see it live, <laughs> just to see, you know, just to see. Well, you know, CBD is an amazing, yeah, man. Uh, through the years I've preached to people, you know, I mean, the government has had a patent on cannabinoids since 2001. I'll, I'll Google it for you later. They've had, yeah, really? they had a patent. And in that patent, the cannabinoids, it was for inflammation. It was for seizures. You know, these things that uh, now these kids, you know, you, you've heard of, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, uh, 
Charlotte's Web. Yeah. You know, yeah. back in 2014 when that young girl moved from Ohio to Colorado so that they could put her on CBD oil because she was having hundreds and hundreds of seizures a day. And then she takes, you know, two tincture droplets underneath her tongue and, and now, then they'll have a seizure one. That's right. And I heard the, the government knows about this and big pharma. I can show you, I can show you that, you know, uh, articles where they, uh, they show the demographic of 65 year olds to 75 year olds. have an average of 21 types of medications they take some to offset the other and, you know, this and that. And, and there's evidence out there that, um, People that take CBD for, for some type of an element not only get off of that drug, but they get off of all the drugs. I mean, it's good for blood pressure. It'll uh, it, uh, it, uh, help you with weight. You know, it, it's it's called homostasis, man. It, mm. it, it, it'll get you right. It'll get you right. Huh? Listen to you. <laughs> it'll get you right. I, got a, I think I got a voice for radio. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Wow, man. That is too much right there. You know, and there's so much... Um, that the community, they're not informed. They don't know about what we're talking about. And so when you talk about hemp, 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 you guys listen now. Hemp. Hemp is uh, a way of using the hemp, which is cannabis, which can build. I'm, what's the word I want to say, man? It's, you can use it in so much. 30,000 different, 30, different ways of furniture, clothing. Uh, it's the hardest fiber uh, made to man, right? It absolutely is. Yeah. Ain't that the way you feel about it, Bruce? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I want to have my own testimonial about uh, the effect of, of medical marijuana. Okay. And uh, about uh, three years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Okay. And had to go through all this radiation treatment and so forth. Well, I found out, and, and this was before the deal was passed here in Oklahoma, uh, that there was a place out in San, San Juan Capistrano, California, that uh, ma- manufactured uh, uh, cannabis oil that, uh, to, to uh, cure diseases. Mm-hmm. And, not only, and so anyway, I signed up for that. Of course, it wasn't covered by insurance or anything, but... Uh, it uh, it really went to town. Not only did it relieve things like uh, the pain and discomfort and side effects of radiation treatment, but at the same time, you know, the indicators for uh, cancer, the PSA thing, just plummeted uh, uh, as a result of this. And uh, I, I'm convinced it did a lot more uh, to offset the effects of that not only the effects of the radiation, but also the effects of the uh, of cancer. And uh, even today, every time I go back to the doctor, it's it's lower and lower. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I wrote a piece for this uh, place. I think it's what King Harvest. King or, Harvest Wellness. King Harvest Wellness uh, wrote a testimonial for it that they published. Uh, in their uh, you know mm-hmm. newsletter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Hey Bobby, and I'm gonna jump in here. You know I come from Generation. Go ahead. I'm Generation X, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you remember the Pepsi Challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell people I'll take the Pepsi Challenge any day of the week when it comes to hemp and and uh, what uh, Bruce uh, is uh, telling you that hemp or uh, cannabis concentrated cannabis oil uh, in THC form will attack and kill cancer cells. And don't just trust me. I want your audience to go Google 2008 Harvard study 
on cancer and and uh, lung, uh, lung lung disease and cancer, and they and they show where mice were infected with lung disease, uh, and within three weeks their tumors were I mean diminished by half to three quarters of a percent. So really, it, I mean Harvard, the information is out there, man. This stuff kills cancer, dude. Wow. Well, why uh, why haven't they kind of like released it? Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the uh, money. Well, yeah, the money. I mean, you <laughs> know, the, the, the reason the that money. Marijuana Tax Act in 1937 got passed is, for one thing, there were a lot of prohibition agents uh, like Harry Anslinger that uh, were out of a job when they repealed prohibition on uh, on liquor. And so these guys were sitting around, and at the same time, you know, do outfits like DuPont and uh, – Standard Oil of California and the Hearst uh, newspaper interest really jumped on this deal uh, and, you know, released scurrilous attacks on on uh, hemp uh, in the form of reefer madness, you know, showing that uh, people were going crazy. You know, up until that time, about the only people that were using uh, marijuana were in in the hood mm-hmm. and uh, in in the barrio mm-hmm. and jazz musicians. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, and they made it out like you know this was going to be some kind of epidemic if if they don't ban it. And it was really just because this was competing with uh, with petrochemicals, with forestry products, with cotton, and in and uh, and they had just come out with this uh, decortation equipment that uh, made it easy to process uh, hemp, you know, kind of like when the cotton gin all of a sudden made cotton Mm -hmm. an economically viable uh, fiber. This was going to be economically viable, but, you know, the government cut it off. Too much, too much, huh? Yeah, yeah. And it it was sheer propaganda, too, Mm -hmm. you know. It Mm -hmm. made it look like... uh, you know, your your son or your daughter was going to get all hopped up and jump out a window. Yeah, right. They made it bad. Oh, yeah. Man. You know, in 1937, Popular Mechanics Magazine came out with a big article, and it was called A Billion Dollar Crop. First time the term billion is ever even used. I mean, we were trying to get used to million-dollar crops. But the first time billion-dollar crop was ever used when they came out with the decortication equipment. See, number one, the t- toughest fiber to process is hemp. Number two is cotton. So cotton got a head start, when, you know, in the mid-1800s when the cotton gin came out. So it started competing with hemp because it was so hard to process. Redding of, it, of the hemp, uh, the separation of the herd and the bass fibers. But as soon as that decortication equipment came out, like that cotton gin, they knew that there was a new billion-dollar crop out there that was going to just replace all of these petrochemicals. Like I said, Henry Ford, not only did he make a car from it, but George Washington Carver made biofuel from it. We wouldn't we wouldn't need petrochemicals at all at the capacity that we do now. We, we would have used it. Hemp, man. <laughs> It, gosh, it, it drives me. It drives me, but I, but I, I love it. It's, it's a great industry to be in. It's a great time. And like I said, Bobby, 50 years from now, they're going to write stories about what we did for the world. I've got a group co- uh, contacting me. They, they produce 15% of the marine fish netting in the world that's used in industrial fishing. And everybody thinks that plastics is the biggest produce, uh, pollutant in the ocean. It's actually fish netting, Bobby. Fish netting. Fish netting? Yeah, man. They cut that stuff and just leave it behind. This group's contacted me, and what they want to do is not only make a biodegradable 
plastic netting, but uh, but something that's disposable as well. Throw it away, huh? Just throw it away, and then it biodegrade, and it just disappear. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. <clears throat> we we don't even think about the fact that hemp is biodegradable. We can make plastic products and and we can program them when to when to degrade say like this this plastic water bottle here we wouldn't want that to degrade in 30 days we probably want to have a shelf life of maybe two years for, mm-hmm. but we can program that to to biodegrade in two years we could make industrial plastics that won't biodegrade for 400 years but mm. it will biodegrade it, it's not like plastics are going to you know be in the ground for 60,000 years they say well okay how could someone if they're wanting to become um uh, developer of hemp, you know, uh, how could they get involved to get started? What is it that they need to do to get started to get involved with hemp? Well, first we got to, the hemp consortium's got to build a few of these processing plants here in the state. That's of what it is. It's all about the processing and, plants. As soon as huh? we, yeah, and once we have processing plants, I mean, I'd love to see things. I would love to see uh, Black Wall Street become big again in hemp. You know, we've got, we've got land here. We've got cheap, we could build manufacturing facilities right here in North Tulsa. And we could we could produce uh, uh, paneled wall systems, mm-hmm. and all it is you can take hemp, and and you take a bag of hemp, and you take a bag of lime, and you mix it in an auger, put some water in it, put a put a, a wood frame together, and and you could uh, you can frame it into walls. You can make pa- paneled wall systems with tongue and grooved, you know they, they'll connect together. They, they, you, they use in con- big construction, you know outdoors, indoors. Uh, but we've got to build the processing plants, and that's what Bruce and I are working on. Bruce is is lobbying the uh, he's he's the government affairs well, Bruce, part. Okay, Bruce was talking about in the suburban areas, right? Starting in maybe in the suburban areas for processing plants. Well, uh, r- rural areas. Rural, uh, well, which, rural areas. Yeah, which which would yeah. be you know close to the farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about big production here. Yeah, yes, but, big production. But in you know, let's take a, a, a city like Detroit. You know, there's a lot of open land now where people have just you know in mass left the right. city, and so it, it would be an ideal crop to plant on on uh, some of those old uh, uh, house uh, residential lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it would uh, the other thing about it hemp is is it has this long root system that goes down into the ground and it's great for remediating uh you know brown brown fields and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and you know we've got like one over here on north uh, uh utica about this 1600 block uh where uh, that schlumberger uh had for a long time or halliburton or one of those big outfits and uh, it, right now, it, it's so polluted, you know, and the way that they remediate polluted ground nowadays or, or currently is just to scrape the, the ground off, you know, and, and put down new topsoil. Well, uh, this, this can basically suck the pollutants right out of the ground. Wow. They're doing it in Fukushima. They're doing it at Chernobyl. People don't realize, but when Chernobyl went down in the 90s, they've been planting hemp all around there just to detoxify and remediate the soil. We've taken this idea, haven't we, Bruce? We've yeah. taken it to Tar Creek, and we, we give a shout out to the lead agency. Right, yeah, uh, the lead agency is the Miami outfit, you know, up in Ottawa County. Uh, uh, Earl Hatley and uh, his partner uh, Rebecca uh, Jim. Uh, they've been up there for years being river keepers for Tar Creek, you know, which is like 
perhaps the most polluted stream in America mm-hmm. uh, because of all the water that is leaching out of those uh, mines that uh, for lead and zinc down there. And so all these heavy metals are in it, and that's going right in to uh, Grand Lake, you know, the, the most scenic, uh, desirable place to have a, a boat and a cabin in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we are working with the, this lead agency in order to, uh, you know, do a pilot program and test the soil, <clears throat> excuse me, before uh, the hemp is planted and then after uh, the, the hemp is, is harvested there. Mm, yeah, I can suck up lead, cadmium, zinc, and it won't die. And it, it'll absorb it into the core of the plant and the leaves. And it won't kill it. It won't, won't kill it. I'm telling you, man, this is the baddest plant on this planet. <laughs> I mean, weed is, it's, 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 it blows my mind every day, the capabilities. And here's the deal, Bobby. Because it was, it's been Schedule 1 for so many years, we can't. Universities won't even try to study this because it's too much red tape. Wouldn't you say, Bruce? They oh, got to yeah. apply to too many types of permits to be able to to grow it. And it's just too much. Huh? It's yeah. just too much. Under that industrial uh, 2017 industrial hemp pilot program in Oklahoma, only a few colleges could could deal with it. And believe it or not, OSU, that has the largest ag school probably in this entire region, uh, is has just had a hands off attitude towards it uh and uh one one ag professor said that if this keeps up uh we're going to be too light to the to the show well you know that's a lot about cbd because we are late to see you know other other kentucky and tennessee cbd but but here's the deal though what bruce and i are working on what the hemp consortium is working on is we're going to make oklahoma the epicenter of the industrial hemp fiber revolution. We're going to build processing plants before these other states do. Get a hold to them. And, and we're going to show them just how to make that way. Mm-hmm. We're going to show them what to do. Right yeah. here in Oklahoma. I'm tired of being mm-hmm. at the top of all the lists you don't want to be on mm-hmm. and the bottom of all the lists you want to be the top on. Mm-hmm. We're going to make the epicenter right here. We're going to build the first world-class hemp fiber processing facility and i'm telling you bobby the any, whole world any idea where you might want to put it first well we we can't really we're, we're kind of disclose that we right can't now disclose that right now but it is in uh, north central oklahoma and and it's it, it's a it's it's a beautiful prime site and i'm telling you bobby the whole world is waiting to see what we do the whole world yeah that part of the state up there and, and we're talking like uh basically from the kansas border uh west of I-35 running all the way down to Duncan, Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, and the Red River, uh, you know, where Texas yeah. starts, mm-hmm. you know, it's ideal for, for growing this right now. The whole thing is, you know, uh, uh, wheat and soybeans and maize and that sort of thing. Uh, and th- this would be a great product for there. And there's, there's a lot of interest being shown by the farmers co-op. So would the, would the farmers grow the cannabis? Yes. Yeah, they do all the growing, right? They'll, they'll right. grow it, they'll bale it, and then they'll bring it to our facilities mm-hmm. that we create, and then we'll just we'll 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 finish process. Pro- we'll process it, and then sell the product to mm-hmm. an end user. Ooh, it's gonna be hot, man. That sounds hot. Oh yeah, yeah. THC. I like to. I, I love the acronym. You know, my company's the Arc is the Hemp Consortium, but I love the play on THC. <laughs> but THC <laughs> is something serious. THC is set to be a leader in this industry, and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen, and we're gonna. We're going to sell these commodities, and it's, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be in this industry. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and these rural legislators here in Oklahoma, even though like when 788 came up uh, two years ago, you know, they just couldn't stand the idea of legalizing this stuff. But now they're beginning to see that their farmers can produce this and make money, whereas, you know, the corn and soybean market is just not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only can we pay a farmer better to contract and grow hemp for a processing facility, I mean, three times or more what corn will produce, but hemp's also a dual crop. So think of this, Bobby, the fiber, half of the plant is made up of fiber, the stem, the stalk, right? But the top half of that plant, that's them buds, man. And what do buds make? Seeds. Seeds, yeah. yeah, yeah. You remember back in the day, we, we, wanted, sen- we wanted sensi, right? That right. stuff that didn't have seeds. That, right. was, that was the better weed, right? right? exactly. Well, it's the same with, um, you know, uh, hemp. Uh, it, it's a dioecious plant, so the male has to, pro- you know, uh, flower and pollinate the, pollinate the, the mm-hmm. female and it'll grow you know and then the, that bud will, will be all seed so the top of the plant it's actually a dual crop a farmer can combine that seed off of there and then take it to a cold press and press that oil out of there i mean out it, of the seed oh yeah you know mm-hmm. it, it's um i say it's not only a superfood for the soil because what it does is it takes and that uh that that tap root will grow two-thirds the height of the plant down into the ground. So if you got a 12, 14-foot plant, you got a taproot that goes 8, 10 feet down into the ground. Mm. That's why it's called a drought-resistant plant. That plant can go, that taproot, and then roots can reach so far down into the soil that it can find water where other plants can't. And it also brings up the minerals and all the nutrients, you know, that deep into the soil and then redistribute it over the topsoil. So it's beautiful. A bad boy. Yeah. A bad plant. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a bad plant. Oh, man, you know, over the next five, ten years, it's going to revolutionize. I'm telling you, it's not, it's a, it's a global phenomenon right now. I mean, every country in the world wants to grow it. I seen you the other day, the president of Turkey even come out and said they wanted to return to the old Ottoman Empire, the power of the Ottoman Empire, and grow hemp. You know, all of the great uh, countries, you know, the, the, we'll use the uh, British, you know, the, the Britain and the Royal Navy. One of them, one of them ships, uh, or we'll use uh, the, the USS Constitution, you know, there in Maryland. Is it Maryland, Bruce, where it's at? Uh, Boston. 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 But that boat had 60 to 80 tons of hemp. Mm-hmm. On there from the sails, from the, you know, the uh, the canvas, the sails, the rope, um, even even the resins that they use to make, you know, to seal the, the wood together to make it uh, uh, a water water resistant or watertight mm-hmm. yeah. made, made from the resin from the from the, the oil from the wow. seed. From the seed itself, huh? It's a superfood, too, Bobby. Uh, man, you know, that's great China, China, some of its biggest famines. Chinese were uh, they were the only ones to not make hemp illegal. When everybody else did the, you, the Chinese, the Chinese, because they knew really? they knew that hemp, it's a, you can actually eat hemp seed. Uh, one of the biggest sellers, you know, the Manitoba Springs food sells. So weed has never been illegal in China. Well, weed is, but not cannabis grown for hemp because okay. They, okay. they're the number one producer of hemp in the world today. Mm-hmm. They grow the most acreage of hemp today. But um, back during the famine, some of the big Chinese famines, they, all they had to eat was was hemp seed. And that that inside that that nut inside that seed, man, it contains all 21 amino acids, and it has all of the three omega acids, or, or omega, um, um, uh, omega. Help me, Bruce. Uh, oh gosh, I just lost it. But the essential mm-hmm. oil, you know, the essential mm-hmm. omega oils, you know, like if you have a uh, a so uh, a salad and you want to get all three 
you know, three, six, and nine of the omegas in there. Mm-hmm. You'll mix a spinach salad with maybe a little walnuts here, maybe some salmon here, and get all three. Right. And you get all three just by consuming uh, hemp seed uh, nut. Just like just that's it. All three of them. All three of them are in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. It could sustain you, man, when nothing else can. It's fucking killer. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. You're gonna have this. All right. We apologize for that. Was my bit. Wow. You're gonna need a five-second delay with Bobby. Yeah, right. I got a little delay right here. I'm an hour in, and I sure didn't mean to do that, Bobby. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. If I hear about it, I'm coming for you. <laughs> just joking, just kidding. Hey, I, I, I'm 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 sure the ears are burning out there, and it's not what I just phrase I just used, but it's this wonderful information that we're spreading around. Right yes, now. information. So you guys, you know, <clears throat> don't be calling me. <laughs> don't give me a phone call. You know, sometimes things slip. That's my bad. You know what I mean? And that's okay. But we've been talking about hemp here on the Bobby Eden Show, where we tell our stories our way. We're gonna take a little break. And I'm going to be right back. So tell a family member, tell a friend, okay? All right. We're on the Bob Eden Show, where we tell our stories our way. 
uh, keep in mind that we're here every Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on Saturdays from 12 to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, a lot of information, if you want to Google us, you can Google us, you know, on the Bobby Eaton Show. Uh, KBOB 89.9 FM Tulsa. So if you're out there listening, we're talking about hemp. You know, for those who don't know what hemp is all about, uh, it's from cannabis. And we got Robert Mitchell in here, Bobby Mitchell, and Bruce Nemi. So let's continue our conversation. The hemp is so powerful. Like we said earlier, I keep saying this over and over because I'm learning. It's so powerful. And the use of hemp is just astronomical. So we have to get to the point to where it's get to manufacturing it, right? That's what we got to have. That's the main thing. Yeah. And, uh, so the processing plants, people who are hired to work there have to be trained how to process this hemp, right? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Is it simple? Bobby, and the, what we do at the Hemp Consortium is we target uh, cooperatives. We'll bring in, we, we want to target cooperatives so they can operate the facility, have an ownership of the facility. And then they'll, you know, they already have flour mills and, and mm-hmm. you know, on, on processing plant or grain storage and things like that. So they can operate it and, and staff it and be, uh, you know, an, an equity owner in, in the. Uh, mm-hmm. So the farmers, farmers really, hey, they they're going to be growing it and cultivating it. So they they sell to the dispensaries as well, I guess. I huh? well, if you grow CBD, you yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. CBD, mm-hmm. and that's what's really a lot of those are popping up all over everywhere. time. I mean, everywhere it's opening up an old condemned building. Yeah. You know, putting a dispensary right there. I'm like, wow, man, because even over here in North Tulsa, I'm seeing them even pop up. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them in various different areas. That I'm like, man, I stopped by. Who is it? Oh man, you open it up one too. <laughs> you know. Well, so. Imagine, imagine what's going to happen when hemp's grown for fiber, because again, it's a trillion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this has a great uh, uh, economic development opportunities attached yeah. to it for Oklahoma. You know, oil and gas is basically declining. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, uh, Thirty years from now, they're predicting that uh, all cars are going to be electric and all that. Sort all of the thing. solar, yeah, you know, and all kinds of stuff like that is taking place. But you know, uh, this state has primarily, throughout its existence, been an agriculture state. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're uh, way up there uh, in the top five or so for wheat, uh, corn, cotton, uh, soybeans, uh, those kinds of products, uh, cattle. And, uh, uh, but none of those are paying out very well. I mean, the cost, uh, you know, you talk to farmers and a lot of them, uh, don't even make enough to, uh, off of their, the harvest to pay for what it took to uh, cultivate mm-hmm. wheat or whatnot. And, uh, uh, I think this has tremendous opportunities for that. And it has tremendous opportunities to revitalize these rural areas, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, I think that, uh, uh, that's that's really where we want to see this going. So it's going to yeah. take time. Yeah, Bobby. In the last two years, farming bankruptcies in Oklahoma is up over eight hundred percent. Farming bankruptcies up eight hundred percent. Eight hundred percent up. They're just folding so they're, up. They're dying. Huh? They're dying. This 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 plant can revitalize that. I mean, it's uh, it 
it's the new cash crop. And we've got, I mean, the, uh, the federal reserve bank chairman just came out two weeks ago, right, Bruce. And just, um, uh, they lifted all the restrictions on companies and entities that are, you know, involved in hemp. So now the banks and, and you can, you can bank, uh, you know, you can set up accounts with banks now and it doesn't have to go through escrow accounts like you would with CBD oil. So mm. that's going to, that's going to open the things processing up. processing is easier. Is that what you're saying? Well, you can't have a, if you've got a processing plant that, you know, is gross revenues a year is $40 million. You're not going to run that through an escrow account. You know, you got to have a, that's you know, some of the things they made difficult to make this path, you know, tough, but we're, it's, it's opened up now and 2020 is going to be amazing. The next mm. five years, 10 years is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing, huh? I'm, I can't say it enough. When they, I mean, everybody's freaking out on CBD. I mean, just like you said, every, yeah, everywhere you turn. on that one. And that, that, that is estimated to grow to a $24 billion market in 2022. And I, I always use the phrase, you know, the tortoise and the hare. Well, CBD, that's the hare right now. It's fast, it's all over the place. But fiber is the tortoise. It's the trillion-dollar industry. If you think about it, I mean, biofuels. That's seven hundred million dollar. You know, the diesel industry is a seven hundred million dollar industry. Plastics. That's a trillion. I mean, plastics, man. We, I think we commissioned over three hundred million tons of plastic pellets last year worldwide. Wow. Three hundred million tons. Plastic. Huh? Plastic pellets to make what it, from from this plastic bottle to plastic. To, yeah. Yeah, because we use a lot of plastic, oh, and we're yeah. not we're not going to be able to replace it. We couldn't grow enough hemp on this planet to probably make the demand for plastic, but we can make a dent in it. You know, we can start we can we can we can bring that down, and we yeah. really don't need as much plastic anyhow. We could, you know. Yeah, because we don't use as much metal and steel as we used to. Well, you think about this: if you can make a composite car frame that's 10 times stronger than steel and you can google this right bruce i mean if you google uh henry ford's car there's a video black and white video on there isn't there bruce where where this this these guys are taking a, a sledgehammer and they're swinging and hitting this car and it won't even put a, br- a dent in it will it bruce no no i mean it's amazing really yeah, yeah. the information's out there you got to dig for it but if you, you, you give a hemp consortium a call we'll make sure we get you all the information you need hmm so that's what we need. We need more information about it, and it needs to get out there so people can know. Yeah. You know, and that's um, important because, wow, you say another 10 to 20? I hope it's sooner than that. We've got a plan, Bobby. What I'm doing, and I can't really, you know, unveil everything today, but um, we, we've got a plan. And what we want to do, I look at the model. I, I learned a long time ago, they said, uh, you know, the wheels – perfect you can't you can't make another wheel so why try just spin off of it you know take what already works and put your put your little thing on it and make it better right so here's here's my idea bobby if if the u.s government and they were called war hemp war hemp industries inc was the entity created to to build these processing plants if we built 42 plants in 18 months during the war we had to have manufactured that 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 machinery here in the United States, we weren't shipping that over. Them yeah, German, right. German U-boats were taking care of that, right? Mm-hmm. So we manufactured that here. So I, I want to build this out. I want a new hemp for victory, a new hemp for victory for the farmers, for the farmers, and we can build processing plants. But what we need to do, and we're working on it, is is get a get a, a partnership going where we could take a group that knows how to make this machinery. And you know, here in Oklahoma. 
not only I mean, we're one of the best metal fabricating states there is in the country. Oh really? Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, one, we are. That's yeah, yeah. for all the oil and gas. For the oil and gas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we can we can fabricate it and we can make it. So we'd like to see this stuff built right here in Oklahoma. And that's what Bruce and I are working on. Is uh when we say the epicenter, man, we're talking from A to Z. So you're creating jobs. Creating yeah. jobs. Yeah, I'd like to see some of us get some of those jobs because we need it, you know. Well, I, I mm-hmm. think that in our community, we need jobs and we need employment and we need people coming up with ideas. And it's not so often. A lot of times, uh, you know, we don't get hired for those jobs, you know, and people come from other places and, and get hired for those particular positions. But by you saying it's going to be maybe like on the outskirts or something like that, it may be in a community to where. And maybe not be as accessible. Well, there'll be well, manufacturing facilities built in, in. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Bruce, but we can build these, you know, manufacturing facilities here, in, you know, in Tulsa. It can be grown mm-hmm. 100 miles away from here, but we can use the finished product here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Bruce. Oh no, I, I was saying that I think for the African American community, this this would be something to look into. Maybe that's uh, what I was talking about. Yeah, in mm-hmm. order, you know, there there's land available. Uh, there's uh, uh, the desire to, to be entrepreneurs and to work. And uh, one of the things we want to address, uh, and you talked about jobs and job training, is to begin uh, to look with uh, uh, career tech and, you know, the Tulsa Technology Center and some of the rural technology centers, because they're all over the state. Yeah, I mean, they are. Just about every three or four counties have gotten together and, and done uh, you know, uh, put together a Botech school, and this would be an ideal uh, uh, way to, uh, first of all, advance career tech education, and also to train young people uh, in, in these programs. Uh, the North, I, I've uh, worked before with the uh, director of the uh, North Peoria uh, Botech Center, you know, up here at uh, just about 40th Street North, right, and uh, uh, I think that that would be a great opportunity for uh, Career Tech to open a program uh, in, in in that uh, Peoria Center, and uh, you know get young people interested in these kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So because uh, we need it, right? We really need it. So employment is that's the main key. If everybody's working, then we got a lot better system going on in our living conditions. Right. You and, know, it's better. Yeah, and you know, back in the day, uh, there was a very strong black farmers uh association in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh you don't uh, have it no more, huh? Well, I I don't know. It'd be good to look into that because I think there may be uh you know, it, it, in some of these communities like Boynton and uh, yeah. uh Grayson and Bowley and, and Taft yeah, and all yeah. of these places like that. Yeah, yeah there'd be the far- te- black townships. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And there'd be farmers there that I think could take advantage of, mm-hmm. of the We just need to find out who they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and get in touch with them and offer them something that they're interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. would love to work with them, show them how a cooperative could, you know, come together and, and we could provide them with the seed. Help them get started right, you know, right on down the road from A to Z. But, you know, what's going to – it's the, it's Generation Z, generate the millennials. They're the oh, ones – sure. they're the ones, you know, they say they want natural-made products. They're, they're the ones that are going to demand to buy 
natural products, products that are good for the environment. I mean, these kids out there know they've got to get busy. And, and it's, it's kind of up to, you know, my generation X Mm -hmm. and some of us older, you know, we've got to, we've got to show them that we're committed. We're committed to, 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 to this cause and, and help them, you know, and give them the information that they need so they can you can help them. Well, these young you kids know? are sharp, man. They oh, know they, yeah, they, they know about this. They uh, they actually they know, know a lot more than than we, than we know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I know. I know. I was asking my my son about it. He told me he sort of telling me all about it. I'm like, "Okay, man." <laughs> you know, okay, wow, you know. So they know. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they're ready. But they don't they don't hold the purse strings, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we're working on. I, I was talking with an investment group today and um, we're, we're it's the it's it's the funding. We can we can A to Z this. We can turnkey this. We I've worked at this long enough for many years making the uh, the, uh, you know, the right uh, relationships with uh, the machinery providers out of Europe and. Yeah, that we can do this. We just need the funding. And and mm-hmm. now now that 2020 is coming around and the feds has opened up, the money the money's there. We just uh, again we want a new hemp for victory campaign. Let's you know let's let's build these processing plants in every state like we did for the World War II effort, but do it for farmers and, and uh, for our country for, for the world, man. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a good thing. All right, we're gonna take another little break. And we're going to come back here on the Bobby Eaton Show where you tell our stories our way. Dial the number 646-716-5525. And don't you guys forget to press the one button. Okay, we'll be right back. Stick around. Love and happiness. Yeah. Something that can make you do wrong. Make you do right. Yeah. Someone's on the phone, three o'clock in the morning, yeah. talking about how she can make it right, yeah. yeah. Happiness is when you really feel good about somebody. There's nothing wrong being in love with someone. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, we on the Bobby Eaton Show. Hey, welcome to the show. And man, I got to get on top of my game right here. I got a little, little glitches and stuff going on. So anyway, Robert Bobby Mitchell in the house, Bruce Mimi, we're talking about hemp. And uh, for those who don't know, Bobby going to tell you what hemp is. Hemp is cannabis, Bobby. That's all that it is. It contains less than 3% CBD or THC. And that's uh, that's where the classification comes in. But it's cannabis. It's, it's cannabis. Cannabis. Oh, that word you don't like, marijuana. Let's get rid of the M word. Get rid of that one right there. And uh, weed. Are you, are you okay with weed? Oh, I love weed. <laughs> well, you know, it is a, a weed. It's a weed. <laughs> yeah, it was what it is, weed. So we want you guys to uh, look it up. Hey, Wikipedia or something, you know, read about it. Because it's a thing for the future, right? It's going to happen. Hemp, hemp, hooray. So, um, Bruce, you were talking off mic 
about a couple of little things. And I know you've been involved in so much in community. Uh, uh, I've seen you with uh, Reverend Blakeney and uh, Easley and everybody. You just be on the scene, man. So your involvement in the community, you're serious about that, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, Wilbur Collins, Wilbur Collins. Uh, put me to work as uh, the interim director of TCAA. Uh, the Tulsa Community Action Agency mm-hmm. uh, about 25 years ago. And that was kind of my introduction, other than the fact that when I went to Bishop Kelly, it was the only integrated school uh, in, in Tulsa. Bishop Get- Bishop Kelly Bishop was integrated? Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, really? Well, uh, you, you, was Alfrey Wooded there when you went there? Uh, no, she came along later. Okay, later. But, okay. But, uh, uh, Otis uh, Williams' brother Dennis, mm-hmm. you remember him? I think so. Okay, he he was uh, one of my stud- or one of my fellow students, mm-hmm. and uh, we used to get together up here in North Tulsa and watch uh, Spanky and our gang convert uh, uh, TV shows. TV shows. He had like reels and reels. Oh, he had of, of yeah of okay. uh, sixty millimeter. Uh, I remember film. those. I remember that film. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. and and we sit around watching that with uh, Cornell and uh, and Otis. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. so that was kind of my introduction to North Tulsa. You know, th- this was back uh, in the '60s, and mm-hmm. you know, a, a white kid from the South Side right, coming North Side didn't didn't get up here very right, much. Right, exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, I found like just any place else, the people are people, mm-hmm. and uh, I've. Uh, another summer, I worked at the uh, uh, Western Union and had to deliver telegrams uh, up in Greenwood before urban renewal, uh, you know, took it all urban away. removal. Removal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Took it all away. And uh, remember going to a, a drugstore down there and, and uh, drinking sodas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on my way back to the office. Uh, then uh, after TCAA, uh, I, I was served on the Morton uh, Comprehensive uh, Health Center board, and that was when. Is that uh, the old Morton? Yeah, the old Morton mm-hmm. down here on uh, Pine Street. Yeah, my mother was there for 25 years. Oh, okay. She's over the X-ray department. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, anyhow, that that was a, an interesting experience. We saved Morton. The uh, uh, Health and Human Services Department was going to pull the funding on uh on the the uh health center and we got it back on who was the director at the time uh was it eugene harris no this was later on this was in the 90s in the 90s mr ramirez okay 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 yeah yeah and uh used to go i I played santa one year for the you you did yeah for for the uh the you know the part the office party and, okay, uh, you were Santa Claus. Huh? Yeah, I was Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, right. and, and then and that's where I got together with Easley and, and that whole group. And we're trying to restart the Urban League. And I, I met with you and mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa mm-hmm. Hall Harper and several other people mm-hmm. about a year ago right here right. in I'm, your radio station. Mm-hmm. You hosted that. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I, I've. I feel like I I am a part. You know of, a lot of people. The, you know a few community. few folks in the community. Yeah. I, you know, I see you run around with some iconic men sometimes <laughs> you know, in the community. You right. know, so that's a good thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. We need more people like yourself to get involved and not be afraid to come over here. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I tell you what, it's a lot safer here than it is <laughs> uh, 
uh, certain parts of yeah, South Tulsa. Yeah, certain parts of South Tulsa. Yeah, police officers tell me that all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a, a few of them say, man, I'd rather work North Tulsa than work South Tulsa. I say, really? You know, <clears throat> because a lot of times North Tulsa gets such a bad rap. Yeah, and the media portrays it as a, a negative place to be, because the minute somebody shoots somebody, boom, they're all on top of it. But they're never reporting the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Reed Community Center, Pocket Full of Hope, all of that. They're never really re- reporting any of that good stuff that they're doing for children and young people. Well, and I'm so, glad that you've got this radio station going. I one of my favorite shows uh, back in the day. And this has been 20 years ago. Was uh, the the Homer Johnson? Oh uh, yeah, I heard all about. I wasn't here at the time, uh-huh. but but I heard so much about the Homer Johnson show. But I knew him personally because him and my dad uh, were activists. Mm-hmm. You know, and they started right next door here is the barber shop where they started the civil rights movement. Homer Johnson, Don Ross, Bernard McIntyre, Ray Freeman. You know, and the name goes. You know, list goes on and on. And they would meet in the barber shop. You know, mm-hmm. congregate. You know, a lot of stuff going on in barbershop. So <clears throat> they I were congregating. Saw that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw the barbershop <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff goes on in the barbershop. And I was a young lad, a uh-huh. young guy, and I sweeping up hair off the floor and look like I said, looking at dirty magazines and all of that kind of stuff. And those guys were getting in, strategize on what to do mm-hmm. and how to help the community. Even after barbershop closed, they were still in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like their office. Well, I and I, I loved uh, uh, Homer's show. You know, yeah, he, he was a good guy. In fact, I was on it one time. Oh, were you? Yeah, I, I think it was on the KGTO radio station, mm-hmm. and uh, this was during the Morton period. And mm-hmm. my favorite thing was, you know, the the McLean High School. Uh, uh, they used to be called the Scots. Yeah, and, McLean Scott. That's yeah. where it started off at. Yeah. And I remember there was some controversy over the name and renaming the team and all of that kind of thing. And one time he was on that show and he said, I ain't no Scott. Right. <laughs> I ain't no Scott. Yeah. They say, they say, uh, they used to say, how can a black person be a Scott? You know what I mean? We're a kilt, a kilt in a bagpipe. You know, come on, man. So that that's what back in those days, yeah, you know, yeah. so. That was that. So they've changed the name since then. Uh-huh, They're called yeah. the Titans. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. By the way, we were trying to start a model UN program uh, up there in McLean School a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Janetta uh, Marshall, the. Janetta uh, Marshall. Janetta Marshall, yeah. that is uh, the school board member for, for North Tulsa. Uh, was real interested in that, and it just kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, it's real important to me that McLean succeed. And yeah, we, we... want to see McLean succeed, yeah. you know, because McLean got a lot of good students there, mm-hmm. you know, and a few bad students, but a few good, but the majority are great students and some great teachers and everything going on. We want to see them grow. Yeah. You know, and they're in the heart of our community. A lot of times, uh, 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 McLean gets a bad rap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, real bad rap. You know, that's the school. Yeah, McLean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I love McLean, you know, because McLean is a, a school that I can see potential in McLean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people just, the community just needs to gather and participate, go to those PTA meetings, get involved in things that are going on in McLean. Yeah. Now, Booker T. Washington has always talked about and high rated high and this and that. Booger T, Booger T. I'm a Booger T graduate. 
I was inducted into the Booger T. Washington Hall of Fame. But I also believe in and helping those underserved schools that need the help. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we need some help at McLean. Yeah, and you know, and, you know North Tulsa has really been picked on in these school closings, like the mm-hmm. project schoolhouse thing mm-hmm. practically wiped out all of the neighborhood schools in North That's Tulsa. True. And now, you know, they're moving to other parts of the city. Right now, the uh, city superintendent, you know, wants to do away with uh, uh, Grimes and uh, uh, Wright uh, Elementary and, and several others. And, you know, you look at the map and they're in underserved neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not talking about picking on Edison Eagles no. or something like that. They're mm-hmm. talking about, uh, you know, places that have a, a high minority uh you know, enrollment and that sort of thing, high, uh, uh, reduced or uh, free lunch programs, you know, that, that seems to be where they're going after and trying to convert these schools to charter schools. I know some people it, with the Black Wall Street movement and others mm-hmm. uh, are, uh, are, are really impressed with charter schools. But my problem with charter schools is that they really don't, uh, they're too exclusive. You know, they don't take the the kid that's having trouble. They take the kid whose parents, you know, are involved and would be the PTA type people. Mm. Well, I know it's just, you know, the school system and stuff. Like the public schools are quite different. You know, I've talked to uh, Deborah Giss over there and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. TPS is different. You know, and that's why I think you see a lot of charter schools and private schools starting to pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, it is quite different in a lot of ways when 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 you're over here in North Tulsa, culturally different. This place is culturally different. You must say, you know, you got to realize that it's almost like the tale of two cities. Mm-hmm. You know, it always has been. It always has been. So there's a different culture and a different way of approach and education and everything else that you have to kind of go with in the community, you know, and sometimes it's what TPS always implements is not really culturally conducive to the people of this community. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm the kind of guy I'm like, man, they say black history month. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in Black History Month. I think it should be Black History Year because it's part of American history. Well, they, you know, they, they've drawn too many lines. To, you see, it's part of American history. Yeah. Don't push out the history when it comes to people of color, not only uh, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, and everybody. It's all history. Mm-hmm. It's history. So what are you going to do? Are you going to tell his story? Are you going to tell the true history. You know, I hate to see all of us get all excited. Uh, Black History Month, everybody's all excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when the month is over with, you just go back to living your normal everyday lives, you know. But that history is never put out throughout the rest of the months of the year. So that's where I get a little like, man, come on, man, give me the blues. Well, I I taught uh, history for years and years. And Mm -hmm. one problem with trying to appeal to students when you're teaching American history is that, uh, you know, so much of it is about military 
about uh, the yeah, president, yeah. Mm-hmm. With, about, uh, you know, big mega kind of mm-hmm. history, and it's mm-hmm. never broken down to mm-hmm. the to the, the community level, you mm-hmm. know, where people can understand. Yeah, and the thing about it is a lot of stuff is not included in the in the history. Uh-huh. It's not included. It oh, wasn't, yeah. and they never Black Wall Street was never taught in the history. A lot of things here. I'm just talking about Tulsa. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. Uh, the electives were always well elective. You can have Black History class. Yeah, that was an elective. And I'm saying it's all history. The Indians, you know, the native, the Native American. That's part of history. It's all history. So why not include it all in your history? Yeah, well, uh, those, uh, you know, the the Native Americans, the African Americans, uh, the Chicanos, they've been marginalized. You know, they it, it, and it, uh, it it's not working for trying to uh, get kids that are people of color uh, uh, to recognize that there's something that's been going on there. You know, do we ever, when we talk about the Boston Massacre, talk about Attica, uh, uh, Cyrus Atticus? Uh, I never heard growing up in Tulsa about the race massacre. No, you never heard. Uh, yeah, I never heard about that until I was down at the library of the Tulsa World one day and saw a martial law uh, poster that had that had been from that uh, uh, the Tulsa race yeah, massacre. Yeah. And asked the librarian, who was an old colonel, uh, about it. And, you know, he just basically was in denial. You know, didn't even want to talk about it. So I started digging digging it up. That's when you started investigating it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wrote a paper about it Mm -hmm. and uh, submitted it to uh, uh, to the, you know, the the OU has a fellow that uh, for years and years started the human uh, relations. Uh, program mm-hmm. um, and his name slips me right now, but he he's from Detroit and was an African American fellow that uh, was a big deal at OU, and anyway submitted it to him, but uh, uh, never went beyond that. You know, uh, just looking into you know for my own uh, mm-hmm. uh, my own interest in in the subject. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of stuff just omitted. You know. Yeah. African Americans have contributed so much to this country mm-hmm. more than most people ever think about. Even the White House was built by on the backs of slaves or black people. Yeah. They built it, you know. So it's a lot of history. The potato chip you eat was invented by a black man. It's so much the street light. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the inventions and the contributions of African Americans to this country. But I think a lot of times it's not really elevated to be discussed. Mm-hmm. For people to be knowledgeable about the contributions, you know, and so, and I say that to uh, that's what this station is all about: giving information, yeah. uplifting people, and having a platform like we, we can come. Black and white, green and purple can also come and talk about uh, uh, these things that need to be discussed. We were calling it riot for a, for a while. Mm-hmm. Everybody said, "Yeah, 1921 riot, right?" Oh yeah, yeah, that's and, what I always and, uh, heard. And now we're calling it massacre. Yeah, you know that riot has been scratched, and everybody's changing that to massacre. Mm-hmm. So therefore, because that's what it was basically, it was a massacre. Yeah. But you know, during a during a period in time when. African Americans had everything mm-hmm. down there on Greenwood. You've been down there. I've seen you yeah. down there a few times. And uh, African Americans had everything down there. Over 600 businesses, 
cafes, restaurants, movie theaters, uh, you name it, you know, all kinds of nightlife, all that down right there on Greenwood, and it was destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just all destroyed. And I look at Atlanta like that's the New Day Black Wall Street yeah. down in Atlanta. It, and it's yeah. been that way for years. Yeah, they've uh, been that way for years. So, you know, but hey, that's the educational process. You know, hopefully uh, uh, we can uh, do our research and get our knowledge and s- smoke some cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Well, you know, and, one, uh, part of it is that Tulsa. Yeah. It's really kind of a classist town. You know, I mean, you got the the people that you always read about, you know, the elites and 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 uh and it's just not doesn't trickle down. And and Tulsa, one, Tulsa to me, Bruce has been a city that's ran by families. Mm-hmm. You know, certain families run this town and it's uh it's a red state, it's a red city. Oh yeah. You know, it's a very red city. And I have to understand and I tell people all the time you know, you have to be here. It's always kind of like a struggle in some way. I lived down in Houston mm-hmm. for 22 years where it's so culturally diverse. I mean, you can go into a restaurant and you can see all races of people sitting around just eating and talking, having fun and stuff. Here in Tulsa, it's not necessarily always like that. You know, so you may be one African-American sitting over in the corner with your date. Uh-huh. You know, and you know everybody else's the Caucasian family is there, or maybe a speckle here and there of somebody else, and then you have some people sometimes even look at you crazy as an African American. I've had them look at me real crazy, like what? In other words, what he what are you doing in here? Well, you know? I, I know, and uh, somebody once called uh, Tulsa the biggest small town you've ever ever seen uh and and i think that that's true uh 50 years ago there was a paper written uh for a book on uh urban governments in Mm -hmm. in, uh, the southwest and the title of it was tulsa the oil folks at home uh by an osu uh professor uh political scientist and in there he talked about the control by families the control by the Chamber of Commerce, the control by big organizations. And at the end, the conclusion was that uh, the Greeks had a word for people that were not civically involved, and they called them idiots, and uh, in, intimated in that statement that that's the problem with Tulsa uh, people that aren't part of this leadership group. And, you know, we see it all the time. Uh, we see it here with TPS being uh, – and and with the uh, uh, TU and others, you know, being taken over by the uh, by the elites and by the uh, GKFF and you know Tulsa Community uh, uh, Foundation, which are all controlled by the big money interests. Mm-hmm. Big money interests. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, and one thing I love about the Urban League that Blakeney and and Easley and so forth are trying mm-hmm. to do is look at, look beyond just the race thing, you know, to try to unite uh, blacks and whites and uh, uh, Hispanic Americans to uh, work together uh, to to make a difference, to have a seat at the table. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a seat at the table, and you got to understand what the table is all about, mm-hmm. you know, in order to go forward. I mean, you have to know. Yeah. I have to know who I am 
as a person and not be afraid to talk about it. Uh-huh. See, that's that's the problem. A lot of us are afraid to talk about racism, what's going on. We afraid, you know, we get not we get around each other and just smile. You know, like everything's okay and it's not okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got to have these conversations. And we, you got to have social skills too. You know, Sunday morning is the most segregated hour of the week. <laughs> Blacks are in their churches. Whites are in their churches. But everybody's claiming to be Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Christ didn't have no certain division like that. Think about it. Oh, I know. I you know, know, just really think about it. He didn't have no, he didn't have an address, 1522 East Pine Street. Uh-huh. You know, go see Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know well, what I mean? It, it, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? But we still hold on to a lot of tradition, mm-hmm. a lot of tradition ways. And uh, for us over here in North Tulsa, there's a lot of gentrification starting to take place. You know, you got these big quick trips and all that coming in here and yeah. Burger Kings and fast food stuff. We don't even have a grocery store. Oh, I here. know. Well, that, that's you know, not a, to get good vegetables or for to eat food. You know, we don't have that, but you got all these. I talked to the district manager of Quick Trip. He's uh, over several Quick Trips. Mm-hmm. And he says the new Quick Trip up here on the corner, Pine and Peoria, is like the number three Quick Trip. It's for volume. Wow. Since it's been opening, it's making millions of dollars. Yeah. So that's telling me that my community is spending a lot of money up there. But what are they willing to give back to the community? Are they suck it all up? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna give some something back? Are you gonna do something for some senior citizens or some kids or young people? Invest in something. All the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that you're taking out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I I see a lot of that. And on the flip side of that coin, I see a lot of my people not wanting to invest in their own community. Buy, you know, like buying up some land. Hey, man, me and you going to open up a cleaners. Uh-huh. Let's go open up a cleaners. Yeah, we need one. I'm seeing a lot of that as well in fear that they're not going to succeed. You know, so it's tit for tat. You know, you have to kind of weigh the options and weigh the odds, but you got to be educated to know about who you are, where you are. You got to learn about the system, how the system controls, you know, and, and once you get into that. And the thing about it, I look at it also like this, Bruce and Bobby, um, until what we call good white folks, good white folks start charging up bad white folks, it's going to be, it's going to always be kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Because we're only 14% of the United States of America. That's why they call us minorities, African-Americans. We're in a big war, you know, striving. We still haven't recovered from even a slave, some from slavery. We still got some slave mentality going on. So good white folks got to charge up bad white folks and get them right, you know, which, which, you know, rather than sit back and just look and say, oh, I feel sorry for them, or blah, 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 blah. We're in America. America is supposed to be is supposed to be home of the brave and all of this stuff and the flag and la 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 la, la and, and justice for all. Mm-hmm. And justice for all. Bobby, I want to do a shout out just for a second Go ahead. here. Uh, I'm vice chair of the uh, Tulsa County Election Board. 
and we're coming up on the 2020 election cycle. In fact, the, there's going to be a school board election. Yeah, real important. I, that's, oh, and, man, and, come on. You know, and uh, uh, we need poll workers that are going to man these precincts on election day. Now, right now, the the, the uh, pay isn't very good. It's $85 for a 12-hour day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we, we well, need That's people. good for somebody who's not doing nothing well, sitting around well, the house. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. People that are sitting around the house on Tuesday, if, if they would get involved in this and sign up, and there's training that's going to be going on, uh, because, you know, a lot of people are, are, are politically energized now. Because you know the president and oh, the impeachment stuff. And we and talk about it all the time over here. Yeah, and and uh, so we need people. Uh, one, the biggest discouraging thing for a voter on election day is to walk in and see a line wrapped all around the building. And so we need people that'll man these polls, that'll expedite the process. And uh, if anybody's interested, uh, there's a lady down at the election board named Judy Hollingsworth. Uh, that is doing the recruiting on this, or you know, you can call me. You've got what's my that, phone. What's that number? Give uh, it to them. Well, uh, I'll t- I'll give you my phone number. Okay, yeah. Nine one eight seven zero six four one one nine. And if you'll call me about that, uh, and say you know I want to be one of these poll workers, uh, I'll I'll set you up. You get them hooked up. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And all yeah. you got to do is be eighteen years old and a registered voter in Oklahoma. To qualify. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. How many are you looking for? Well, we we've got uh, 400 precincts in Tulsa County, and so we need uh, a judge, a clerk, and an inspector in each of them. Those are the people that when you walk in and you sign the register mm-hmm. and you show them your ID, right, and then right. They give you a ballot and so forth. Right, exactly. Ballot, and you go over there and yeah, vote. right. And mm. somebody that'll stand there by the machine when you're. Right. You know, putting it through. Mm-hmm. Or help you, assist you, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Right, right. I got you. I got uh-huh. you. Mm. $85 a day? $85 12 a 12-hour day. day? Right. And and the, the training is, you get paid for the training as well. So, you know, it's a job opportunity for, mm-hmm. you know, it's not every day, but uh, there'll be an election in February. There'll be the uh, Democratic president and Republican presidential primaries in uh, March. Uh, there'll be uh, local school board and municipal elections in April. In June, there's going to be the uh, state and federal primaries. Uh, then there'll be a runoff in August. And then finally, the big show, mm-hmm. uh, the general election in mm-hmm. November. So right. there's, that's, there's, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'd like to also let them know that uh, if you want to register to vote, you can come by here at Eden Media Services. We register people to vote right here. Mm-hmm. You know, and fifteen thirty three North Norfolk Avenue, and I can hook you up with Bruce, and about those jobs down there that are available to some of you. Hey, pretty neat job too. Yeah, yeah, yeah not you know. Well, it's not high stress, and ain't high stress and at all. You can sit there and chat it up with people. Right, right until, you know? yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's a good deal, man. I, I appreciate I appreciate you bringing that to the table. Oh right? yeah, yeah. You know, so we can go ahead and do that. Well, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to do, to do that mm-hmm. and on this show. Yeah, on and, this show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we're gonna get back to some hemp. Yeah, I know. You know I'm, I'm, I'm taking Bobby. And Bobby got uh, quiet over there a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's good information, you know. You know, back. Hey, hemp. You know, a lot like uh, racism, and we're talking mm-hmm. about community development, and uh, and not, you know, hemp. Uh, People for a long time didn't want to talk about cannabis. You know, that wasn't, you know, 
that was marijuana, you know, and people don't, they didn't talk about it. People need to talk about it. People need to know, read the emperor wears no clothes. Uh, go to Google, check out what Harvard's done, what MIT's done. There's a great information out there. Community development. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, you know, hemp is an equal opportunity uh, plant and <clears throat> any entrepreneur out there uh, can get involved in and find a, a place in this, in this industry. So uh, you know, it's a part of our history too it's, uh, that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage your your, your listeners to, uh, to get look involved into him. And, re- and research it out. Research yeah. him. Hey, research it on Google and 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 uh, YouTube and all of these platforms and get this information right. Right. And you know, we were talking earlier about black farmers, and the greatest agriculturalist in American history was George Washington Carver, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a black professor at, uh, I, I believe he was at Iowa State, that came up with so many uh, uses for uh, different agricultural products, you know, the peanut and everything else, and who helped uh, build that hemp car that uh, that uh, Henry Ford developed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, the, and of course the middle school right here uh, at Pine and Greenwood, uh, mm-hmm. Carver is named in his honor. Right, right, right. He was great. He was fantastic. Yeah. You know, that I did know. But I was taught about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's probably uh, he, he the great. Talking, talking about, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the great uh, African-American leaders mm-hmm. of, uh, of of the 19th and 20th century, you know, Frederick Doug- Douglass right. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois yeah. and uh, uh, Booker T. Washington, you know, they were, were great educators. And and did so much to uplift the African American community. They did. Gonna take a little break, and we'll be right back. So stick around. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. You 
Right, you dropped a bomb on me, baby. We dropping bombs over here on KBOB Tulsa 89.9 FM and also on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, wherever you're at. Hey, we did iTunes, podcasts. We just kind of everywhere. Hey, in studio, we've been really chopping it up, haven't we, fellas? Oh, yeah. Talking about him, talking about a whole lot of different things in the community. And uh, you want to sum it up, man? We got a few minutes. Well, uh, it's all about hemp, you know. Uh, it's all about cannabis. Uh, I'd like to see our community uh, get educated on cannabis, but most of all, I'd like to see our farmers able to grow cannabis again and hemp. And uh, CBD has been a big, uh, you know, big for for our, for for the Oklahoma. I seen where, you know, the MMJ, the medical marijuana. I mean, we outdid. We outdid Colorado's first year. Our first year, we've wow. in, in ten months, we've we've, we've sold over two hundred and fifty million dollars in in uh, marijuana. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> man, it's exciting. It's it, uh, Oklahoma can be uh, an epicenter for for the industrial hemp revolution, and and we're showing it with uh, what we've done with MMJ. I'm mm-hmm. excited, man. So uh, look into it. Understand the plant, man. This plant is amazing, and it's uh it's going to help save our planet. Yeah, man, it is, isn't it? It really is. Right, right. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you guys taking time out of your busy schedule to come over here to Eaton Media Services and the Bobby Eaton Show and sharing this information, man. I want to just thank you, okay? Hey, thank you. Have us back anytime. Yeah, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. want you guys to keep in mind that we're taking donations over here at Eaton Media Services, donations that help us. Pay the bills, help the young people do what we got to do. 1533 North Norfolk Avenue, 
and you just can come through and, you know, help out, participate. That's how we get to take these kids to Atlanta and different places, you know, by you helping us out. Well, until the next time, we want you to have a good one. So take care, okay?